one of the first areas that you can identify a cult is when they displace the authority of Almighty God. In other words, they elevate human beings to have characteristics, rights and responsibilities, power and authority that belong only to God according to Scripture. In other words, when they say that a certain person can cause your salvation, biblically, that responsibility, that power, that authority only belongs to God. It can't be given to another human being. So when they elevate human beings to the position or to the authority of God Almighty, that is one of the first signs of a cult. The Roman Catholic Church fulfills this in innumerable ways. As we continue in our study together, you will notice that they elevate Mary to the position of God. They elevate popes to the position of God. They elevate some saints to the position of God. They elevate teaching magisteriums of the church and church councils to the position of God. So whenever you see a church or any kind of group of people elevating people, human beings, to the position and to the authority that only God Almighty is supposed to have, that is the first sign that you are involved in a cult. The worship of Mary is one of the first places where you see this in the Roman Catholic Church. Here's what the Catholic Church says. In his Infallibles Deus, 1854, Pope Pius IX established as dogma or Catholic religious law, the Immaculate Conception of Mary, which supposedly preserved her from inheriting original sin. She didn't inherit the sinful line from the fall of Adam the way that the rest of humanity did. In his concluding statements, they provide a good summary of the worship of Mary in the Catholic Church. This is a quote. Let all the children of the Catholic Church who are so very dear to us, hear these words of ours with still more ardent zeal for piety, religion, and love. Let them continue to venerate, invoke, and to pray to the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Conceived without original sin, let them fly with utter confidence to this most sweet Mother of mercy and grace in all dangers, difficulties, needs, doubts, and fears under her guidance and under her patronage, under her kindness and protection, nothing is to be feared, nothing is hopeless. Because while bearing towards us a truly motherly affection and having in her care the work of our salvation, she is solicitous about the whole human race. And since she has been appointed by God to be Queen of Heaven and Earth, and is exalted above the choirs of angels and saints, and even stands at the right hand of her only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. She presents our petitions. What she asks, she obtains. Her pleas can never be unheard. End quote. Those are the words that have been echoed throughout the Roman Catholic Church and tradition. Tradition dictates that Mary is to be part of the monarchy of heaven, soliciting grace and mercy from the Lord on behalf of sinners, covering sin by distributing from her treasury of merit. She became co-redeemer with Christ in the sufferings of the cross and now is a co-mediator alongside him in heaven, essentially the alternative avenue to access God. She replaces the Holy Spirit, bestowing aid and comfort to believers. 
The first problem. The papal decree asserts false information from its very beginning. It refers to Jesus the Messiah and Son of God as, quote, her only begotten Son. That is patently false. Jesus is not the only begotten Son of Mary, his mother. Mary did have other children, according to the Gospels. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 3, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 55 and 56, all mention Messiah's brothers and sisters. So right off the bat, Pope Pius IX is denying and contradicting the clear teachings of the Gospel. I would also like for you to take consideration of what is written in Matthew 13, 55, and 56, as it is written. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary, and his brothers, James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Jude, here with us? Aren't his sisters also here with us? So where does he get these things? Matthew 13, 55, 56. The Roman Catholic Church has continued to practice, through various popes and church councils, the worship of Mary in many ways. The Roman Catholic Church Catechism Numbers 2030, on page 490, they refer to Mary, the mother of Jesus, as the source of whole holiness. Now, understand, let me say that again. The Roman Catholic Church Catechism Number 2030, page 490, refers to Mary, the mother of the Messiah, as the source of whole holiness. That is a serious problem. Note, whenever you hear me say something like RCCC, that refers to either the Roman Catholic Church Catechism or Roman Catholic Church Councils. I will also give the number of the paragraph and the page numbers on which that can be found. But here's the fact. Scripture refers to the concept of holiness more than 600 times. In any place where the source of holiness is mentioned, yod heh Yahweh Almighty God, and Yahweh's Word is the only source of holiness ever mentioned. In all of Scripture, Mary, the mother of our Savior, is never referred to as the source of holiness. It doesn't matter what you believe. When you claim that you are doing, if you say you're venerating Mary or honoring Mary or respecting Mary, when you assign to Mary a title and a function that belongs to yud heh Almighty God exclusively, you are turning Mary into a god pure and simple. You are worshiping Mary, regardless of what you may think you're doing. They call Mary the source of all holiness. On page 490 of the Roman Catholic Church Catechism, Numbers 2030. Scripture emphatically disagrees with that. It tells us that yod heh Yahweh, is the source of all holiness in Exodus 31.13, and again in Leviticus 11.44, and again in Isaiah 48.11, and again in Isaiah 45.20-22. yod heh Almighty God alone, is the source of all holiness, not Mary. They claim that God made her the queen of all things. That's in Roman Catholic Church Catechism Numbers in Numbers 966 on page 252. So they claim that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is queen of all things. The fact is that Scripture expressly states that the so-called worship of the queen of heaven makes God furious. 
he considers it a spitting on his face. He considers it spiting him or taunting him or tweaking his nose, as it were. He doesn't bless that at all. Take a look at Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 9, and Jeremiah 7, 18. Looking at Jeremiah 7, 18 and 19, as it is written, The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead the dough for the cakes for the queen of heaven, that they may pour out drink offerings to other gods in order to spite me. Do they spite me? declares yod Is it not themselves that they spite to their own shame? Jeremiah 7, 18, 19. When they call on Catholics to worship the queen of heaven, they are literally spiting or mocking or offending yod They're offending God. They invoke Mary's name in prayer with, in such names as advocate, mediatrix, meaning co-mediator with Christ, benefactress. Okay? Scripture is very clear that we only have one mediator. There's only one go-between between God and people. In other words, there's only one mediator in heaven between God and human beings, and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Such titles and functions only belong to Christ, as we see in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, in Hebrews 7, 25, in Hebrews 8, 6, I'm sorry, in Ephesians 2, 14 through 18, and Romans 8, 26, 27, and 2 Corinthians 1, 3. yod heh has appointed that only Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the only mediator and advocate between God and man. Catholic doctrine, when they say that we can go to Mary to have an advocate for us before the Father, they are directly going against what Scripture teaches. They are literally putting Mary in a position of God. Catholic doctrine not only teaches, but it commands that Catholics pray to Mary. That's in page 644 of the Roman Catholic Church Catechism, Numbers 2677, and also page 253, or paragraph number 971. In these examples, there are so many scriptures telling us to call upon God alone when we are in need. I can't even list them all, but you find examples of that in Isaiah 33, 2, in Jeremiah 33, 3. In Psalms 91, in Matthew 11, 26 through 30, in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. The fact is that there is not one single biblical admonition advising believers to call on Mary for assistance in our worship with God. Catholics are required to believe that Mary can cause their salvation. You find that in page 252 of the Roman Catholic Church Catechism, paragraph 969, and also in page 125 of the Roman Catholic Church Catechism, paragraph number 494, and also on page 303 in Roman Catholic Church Catechism 1172. They believe that Mary, the mother of Messiah, can cause your salvation. Once again, God directly opposes the idea, and the Word of God opposes the idea that Mary can cause our salvation from beginning to end. You see that in Isaiah 43, 11, 
Hosea 13.4, Matthew 1.21, Luke 2.11, John 4.42, John 14.6 and verse 21, Acts 4.12, 1 John chapter 4 verse 14. According to Acts chapter 4 verse 12, there is only one name given under heaven by which man can be saved. And this was told to us after the resurrection of Messiah and Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach is that name. That's it. There is no way that Mary can cause our salvation or that calling on Mary can cause your salvation. Acts 4.12 refutes that idea directly. There is not a chance or that they're even close to correct. And you see it again in 1 John chapter 4, verse 14. Once again, not one place in Scripture is it mentioned that Mary can act as a mediator to cause or to help bring about our salvation. The fact is that even when Jesus Christ was here, he openly rebuked and corrected somebody for trying to venerate his mother, as it is written. And it happened that as he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's in Luke 11, verses 27 and 28. So let's sum up. The Roman Catholic Church teaches people to worship Mary. When you assign a title to Mary or a function to Mary that belongs to yod heh vav -Heh, Almighty God alone, then you are turning Mary into a God and you are worshiping Mary regardless of whether you think that that's what you're doing or not. They claim that Mary is the source of all holiness. Only God has that title. They claim and call her the queen of all things and the queen of heaven. The Bible clearly tells us that the worship of the queen of heaven offends God. It doesn't honor him. They're elevating Mary to a God any way you slice it. This is scripturally forbidden. Remember again that Jesus openly rebuked and corrected someone for trying to venerate and honor his mother in that manner. In Luke 11, 27 and 28. In another place, he openly declared that only those who do the will of God are his family. In Mark 3, 31-35. Now Mary did do God's will, but that also proves that she would not allow herself to be elevated to a God. If she were here, she'd be highly offended because she knows that yod heh vav -Heh only is God and there is no other God but Yahweh. So the fact of the matter is, they elevate Mary to the position and to the characteristics, to the attributes, and to the power and authority that only God holds. When you worship human beings, it's a sign of a cult.